so my first year of college, I had this uh, reunion show, if you will, with a group that I played with all through high school. We were all coming back for fall break. And while we were, uh, while I was on stage playing that night, um, one of the guys in the group yelled out to a friend that was out in the crowd. And I looked out to see them as well. When I did, I saw this girl for the first time. And as crazy as it sounds, in that moment, God told me this girl was going to be my wife. And uh, of course, that's a lot to take in in a moment. At the end of that show, I've been thinking about this girl the whole time. She's down at the front at the stage. And I think here's my chance. I get to talk to this girl, get to know her. I don't. We actually both part ways, don't talk at all. I, uh, I get on and I check my Facebook, I saw some pictures of my friends, and there was this girl I had seen from a night a month ago at this, con this concert. It was an instant flood back to that night. This thing I'd tucked away in the back of my mind of God saying, this girl's gonna be your wife one day. And I wrote this girl a very short email and told her, Hey, like, you know, I'm Matt's friend and uh, I was just wondering if we could chat for a minute. I've just got a, a question for you. And I was like, that's odd, you know, but I called him and I remember he was like, we talked for a little bit. He's like, so uh, here's my weird question. He was like, I really feel like God is telling me that we need to date. And I was like, okay, well, I mean, if that's what God's telling you, then let's get to know each other a little bit and see where it goes from there. So we dated for a little bit. Um, the distance became harder and just really this lifestyle of, there's all this to do. Like, why do I want to spend all of this time on a long distance relationship that seems like it's not working out? And so we, we broke up, but we still remained really good friends through it all. So as I started getting into advertising more with the school I was at, it was one of the top three in the nation at the time. So it was a big feeder school into Madison Avenue. And one thing we did every year was we went on this big advertising trip where we got to tour all these firms and meet all of these people. After I had those interviews, we had a day left. And I'm like, all right, party it up now, right? Um, because the interviews went well and it was in this celebratory mindset. So we ended up going out with some people from one of the advertising agencies. And as the night went on, um, one of the guys, you know, kind of saw the state of mind I was in and he kept trying to get me to go back with him, you know, back to his apartment, back to his apartment. It turned out that um, the only other girl that I was with, the only other person in my group that I knew ended up leaving me and going with another guy back to his place by choice. And I was, I was stuck. So I went, went with him and, um, you know, things were, things were okay. Um, I fell asleep, like it wasn't a big deal. And then in the middle of the night, I wake up and, um, you know, he's on, he's on top of me. I don't know how to stop it. I don't know what to do in the moment. I just realized that I was taken advantage of in a way that I wanted to protect so badly. Because when I was in the state of career-minded, there were so many things I was giving up. There were so many things I was compromising, except this one thing that I wanted to hold onto and then that was taken from me. After that, you know, I, 
I wake up the next morning feeling extremely guilty, ex feeling extremely just um, traumatized, I guess is the right word. Um, but after that, you know, I, I started going, now what? Now what, God? I'm still your child. I know that I'm, I'm still yours, but what does this mean? Does this mean that I'm so focused on what I wanna be that I'm willing to put myself in these situations that are just going to continue to rob me of who I am in you. And I remember praying, my last prayer was, but God, you're the only one that knows the future. And I trust you in your decision. So if I'm not supposed to be up there, please slam the door in my face. So you, me and my friends were hanging out one day and we were just talking about all of the crazy things we were going to eat and do when we were pregnant because you know calories don't count when you're pregnant, right? And uh, the more we joked about it, the more I got to thinking, is that even a possibility? Could I be pregnant? And immediately my mind is like, no, you're being paranoid. It was one time, like there was really very, very, very small chance that um, that could even happen. And the more I thought about it though, the more that I couldn't get it out of my mind. So I went out with the intention of getting a negative pregnancy test so I could just move on with my life and bought one cheap pregnancy test just to get that negative. And after waiting, I saw that it was positive. And immediately when I saw that positive pregnancy test, I was like, I can't be real. It can't be happening. I need more, I need more proof, more pregnancy tests. And so I went out and I got all of these different pregnancy tests and I took them all and they're all positive. Um, and I just sat there. And I just sat there and looked at them and said, God, this was not the door that I expected you to close. Like this is not the way that you're supposed to shut these doors for me. So that night um, after I got the positive pregnancy test, I couldn't sleep, you know, tossed and turned and slowly just started seeing how God was shifting this story, um, that he was shifting my identity from being this um, hard, hard person. I remember getting up and, and looking at the due date and slowly coming to terms that there was a life inside of me, but it was still so hard to wrap my head around all of it. So every time I came through Knoxville for a show, I would always text Carrie coming in. And um, it got to the point where I just wouldn't even hear from her anymore until one time when I did text her and I got a response immediately. The, the text said, I would love to get together and talk. There's something I really want to tell you. He texted me one night and I said, oh, great. I'd love to talk to you because I'm going to give you the perfect excuse to move on. And when I sat there and told him my classic line of, hey, I made some mistakes and this is what happens. And as a result of that, I'm now pregnant. Um, I just remember he looked at me and he got this big goofy grin on his face. And he just said, Carrie, you're gonna be an amazing mom. I um, knew at that moment, I saw it in her eyes, that God had restored her. He had brought her back to just her pursuing him. And I wanted that in a wife. When it came time for Kennedy to be born, there had just been a lot that had happened um, for me trying to process things on my own, 
during that time without really telling anyone what had actually happened. And Blake called and he said, hey, you know, can I come to the hospital? And now mind you, I had like 15 other friends that were gonna be there and just supporting me. And the fact that he had called and asked was odd. So I was like, you know, I assumed you were gonna be there because all my other friends are gonna be there. But because you called and asked, it kind of makes me feel like you have ulterior motive in coming. You know, if you're gonna come because you wanna support me as a friend, then come. But if you're gonna come so you don't miss the birth of your future daughter, don't come because she'll never be your daughter. And she hung up the phone. So that wasn't the way I expected that to go. Um, she did call back later and um, I don't remember the conversation exactly, but I ended up at the hospital. The whole time he was there, I knew he was there. He wasn't in the room, he was in the waiting room. But I remember him coming in and holding, holding Kennedy for a very long time. It was like the second day, nobody was really there. And he just sat in a chair and just held her. You know, looking back now on that moment, I cherish it as much as I thought I would. Also, after Kennedy was born, Carrie went in to some pretty hard depression. Just everything coming back up and dealing with the situation again, and plus just a newborn in general. And I gave her some space, but at the end of the month, end of October, I reached out to her mom and I asked if she would be willing to watch Kennedy and if Carrie and I could just go out and hang out for a little while, get her mind off some things. So we did. I drove up to Knoxville and did that. Carrie told me all the details that evening. We, we sat together and we cried together for a while. And um, it, it was a moment we had never had together before, anything like that. I still knew there was a lot going on with her and she still needed space. Because after that night of kind of bearing my soul to him, there was something that was ignited in me. Because once Kennedy was born and I saw her and I held her, I realized that we did deserve a good guy. You know, she did deserve a good father. I did deserve a good man. And I had to let that past go and I had to forgive myself from it. And I had to allow myself to enjoy the blessings that God was gonna give me. Because if I kept saying no, then I wasn't going to fully experience everything God wanted to give me in that. And throughout that, you know, um, there was a, a moment, I remember one night, and we hadn't spoken in a while. It was still in that, you know, where we just spoke every now and then. Um, but he called me out of the blue. Um, I saw his name pop up on my phone, and so I answered it, because um, I'm like, this is odd that he's calling. And he just said, hey, you know. Sorry to bug you. I just uh, just can't handle it right now. You know, we're about to take my grandma off life support. And if you could just be praying for us, I'd greatly appreciate it. So we just sat and we prayed on the phone. And I said, you know, keep me updated, you know, with what's going on. And immediately I was, I knew I was supposed to go. God told me in that moment, you need to go be with him. About an hour later, I got a call from Carrie. And she said, hey, I left the baby with mom and I'm about to Cookville on my way to Nashville. I wanted to wait a little bit because I knew you'd make me turn around and go home. And I have about an hour I can spend with you there until I have to go back to Knoxville to get to work for the evening. I, not only do I wish you could see it, but I wish I could have seen my grand at that point, you know. I knew, I knew 
at that moment that she loved me. I knew it. It just all of a sudden I go, I love him. I love him, that's what this means. I knew that we were supposed to be together. So after this phone call, I'm waiting at the hospital. I, I know she has another good hour to get there. And um, I told my parents, you know, the buzz around the hospital floor was, Carrie's coming, what does this mean? You know, that kind of thing. As I drove up to the hospital, I remember seeing him. You know, as I, as I was driving up, I remember seeing him walk out. I knew that he never gave up. Even if I didn't know all of the details of everything he had been through at that time, I knew that he was a constant. That looking back through it and all of the turmoil and all of the things that I was trying to sort out myself, he was the one that was there through it all. Like it was the first time we'd seen each other in person, a long time, months. And we both knew like that this was it, like we were supposed to be together. Isn't that an incredible story? Isn't that awesome? Come and give the Lord just that. That's just so incredible. We began working on Easter. So it's like Easter 2022. We'll begin next week. And literally, I'm not joking. It's like the book we write. It takes a year uh, for you every year. And last year when Easter was over, Michelle really began to pray and was thinking and divine romance divine romance, the love of God. Well, because Carrie and Blake, are both, or Carrie's on our staff and Blake was on our staff, we knew their story. And so we decided to use that because just like Blake never gave up pursuing Carrie, God never gives up pursuing you. No question. Adam and Eve sinned, they rebelled, they broke God's one rule. It was one, it's one. The whole Bible was one verse. Don't eat their tree over there. They did it anyway. The one thing. And then God shows up and says, Adam, where are you? Well, it's not like God couldn't find Adam. It's like having plague, hiding, go seek with a two-year-old. They don't hide very well. Adam knew where he was located physically, but Adam, where are you? See, God has been pursuing us since the very beginning. And the reason is because God made us to love us. God wasn't lonely. God didn't need something. He wasn't hungry or broke or needed us to do something. God himself, the Bible says, is the personification of love. The Bible says God is love. And God created us to love us. Now, we live in a culture not dissimilar to cultures before us. We live in a society where we question God's very existence. Would y'all agree with that? You go to any college campus, most people don't believe that God is real. We, we question God's reality, existence. We question his goodness or his character. We blame God for pandemics. We blame God for natural disasters. And then we say, if God was good, how could bad things happen? Well, if you've ever read the Bible, God is very clear why bad things happen. That's not, the, that's not the question. It's really not, it's a bad question. I think the better question is this. Why would God create mankind knowing we would reject him, hate him, mock him, and refuse him? That's a better question for me. Why would he do it? I mean, let's be raw and real. Come on, I know it's Easter, but at Faith Promise, we're raw and real. 
For the bulk of, of recorded history, mankind has just flipped God off. Would y'all agree with that? We just, we just have. We ignore his advances. We reject his laws. We say what we want. In our sin and in our blindness, we do it uh, because we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And, and our sin blocks us from God. So it's easy to blame God for everything bad. And it's even easier to take credit for everything good. Every advancement in technology or medicine, we say, we're so smart. Everything bad got so bad. Isn't that what we do? And so we told you the story because Blake never gave up on Carrie. He had plenty of opportunities. She gave you plenty of exit ramps. He never gave up on her. She was hurt. She was alone, rejected him could have given up, could have said, hey, she's damaged goods. Just like God can look at us and say, we're damaged goods. Are you with me? And say, forget it. Let me give you a biblical principle. God never gives up on you. You may, that may not be how you feel. That may not be how it seems. We're starting a new series next weekend called All the Feels. Because the easiest, it's a spiritual warfare series and it's around emotions because emotions are the easiest way to attack us. Makes us believe lies, believe lies about God, lies about ourselves. And so we, we feel like God's given up. He hasn't. No matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, God said, I demonstrated my love for you. And that while you were a sinner, Jesus died for you. I, God says, just in case you're wondering, I proved it. I proved my love for you. John 3, 16, for God so loves the world that he gave his only begotten son. Why? So that we could have fellowship with him and spend forever. Now, just like Blake kept giving, kept showing up, God keeps giving. He keeps loving. It says in the book of Romans that it is the kindness, the goodness, the grace of God that brings us to repentance or it causes us to turn towards God. See, we, you're not gonna argue somebody into the kingdom. You're not gonna beat somebody up with the Bible into the kingdom. Are you with me? You're just gonna make them more angry. So let me tell you what God wants. If you're listening, say I am. It's very simple. All God wants is for us to love him back. He made us. We love him because the Bible says he first loved us. Now, when Carrie finally realized that Blake's persistent love and always being in grace for her, that she loved him, and she returned his love, he, she, she came to that point of realizing and accepted it. That's what happens to us when we realize. And what our prayer has been this Easter is that maybe for the first time you recognize, you realize how much God loves you, that, hey, you're supposed to be together. You, you're supposed to be together with God. That's God's plan. And so that's why he created us again. He created us for us to return his love. So you have two choices. You can reject his love or you can respond to his real love. It's so simple. Now, if you talk to Carrie today, and she's so glad she made the decisions that she made, that she responded to Blake, and now they're incredibly happy, and Kennedy is growing up, teenager, and 
Life is good. But, but Carrie ran from it. I did the same thing. I ran from God. I ran. Yet, no, no matter how fast or far I ran, God pursued me. He actually pursued me into the hell in which I lived. Broken family, grew up in the projects, poor, uh, busted, got high for the first time when I was 10 years old. My uncle gave me my first joint, and that sent me into a tailspin, drug addiction, alcohol addiction, needle freak, shooting up coke, shooting up anything that I could get. My life was whacked and jacked. It just, and God could have said, I don't want that. that look at those damaged goods. That guy's, that guy's good for nothing, but that's not what he did. And after an overdose, ended up in the hospital. And after two or three days, my mind finally started clearing up. I hadn't been straight for a couple of years. And I finally started getting straight. And nobody came to see me because they don't do potluck at the crack house. I mean, you, you know that, right? Uh, it's, it's not like the life that you might live. So nobody came to see me, but that was a gift from God because as I, my head cleared, I realized, hey, I remember the story. Hey, God loves you. He just wants you to love him back, Chris. You've been running. You've been trying to fill this cavernous hole in your heart with everything. Let's see if Jesus fits. He, he put eternity in our hearts so we'd want him. And I didn't know how good life could get. In that hospital bed, I said yes to Jesus. Can I tell you something? It was like ways of love just washed away my sin, washed away my guilt, Washed away my shame. I don't know about you, but I was so ashamed. That's why the Bible says it is for freedom that Christ set us free. Jesus said, come unto me, all you that are labored, heavy laden, with a backpack full of sin. That's where I was. Come, and I'll give you rest. He said, come and drink of the water of life freely, without cost. It's amazing grace. It's real love. It is the divine Romance that God loves us. Does that, does that make sense? As a matter of fact, let me just go ahead and tell you what's happening right now. God is after you. He's after you. And he's speaking to you and you got this little strange thing going on in the pit of your stomach and you're wondering what's happening. God is beginning to move on you right now. And God's real love requires, it requires an action. So the gospel, the, the simple good news of the Bible is this. You have to, Jesus said, just come and follow me. He didn't say get religious. He said, hey, come and follow me. Man, we're going to fellowship. We're going to hang out. It's good. Life is going to get better. I came to give you life, he said. So we have to recognize three things. The first thing we do, there's a realization, I've sinned. Hadn't we all sinned? Come on, hadn't we all sinned? Listen, we were born sinners, and then we chose a sin. If you don't believe that people are born sinners, it means you've never had children. Because once you have those rotten little suckers, you realize, come on, somebody, you know. Now, my grandkids are not, but my children, they were deep sinners. We, 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 we realize we've all sinned. And then there's a recognition. Hey, Jesus loves me. His, it, his coming to earth was a rescue mission for me. And he wants, he, wants to, he, wants to, he wants to hang out. He wants to be the Lord. And then there's what the Bible calls a repentance. It means we're walking this way, and then we realize we're going the wrong way. We turn from our sin, and we do a 180, and we turn straight to God. 
We just turn to him. And the Bible says it is by grace that which you did not earn. It is by grace through faith that you're saved. See, it's not a result of works, lest anyone should boast. Nobody can work hard enough to get to heaven. It's a free gift. Salvation by grace through faith. Romans 10, 13 said, if anyone will call upon the name of the Lord, they'll be saved. He said, just call on me. Call on me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. God's incredible. He's just incredible. It's been almost 40 years of my walk with him. I am a satisfied customer. I'm just gonna tell you, I don't want my money back. Man, I want God. I want more of God. I love walking with God. So if you're ready for a change, if you're ready to turn from your life and turn to him, you say, but I, I, I've never done drugs. It's, not, it's about sin. It's not about drugs. Maybe, you're, you know, gold is your God and creed is your greed. Maybe you're chasing after something else that's more important in your life than God. So what we're going to do is, is I'm going to lead us in a simple prayer, you know, like what I prayed so long ago and what millions and millions of other people have prayed, just calling out on the name of the Lord. He said, man, I, I'm there, call. I stand, he said, actually, I'm standing at the door of your heart knocking. If you'll just open the door, I'm coming in. We're hanging out. We're hanging out. I'm going to sup with you. We're going to dine together. We're going to gather around the table. So if you're ready for that, you say, you know, I've always thought I was a Christian. I'm, I, you know, I'm just not sure. It's time to begin a relationship with God. Not, Jesus did not on a cross to start a new religion. There was already more than enough of that. He said, I came to give you life. So with every head bowed and every eye closed at every campus, if you're online or you're driving, keep watching. You don't have to close your eyes, but the rest of us, we're gonna, I'm gonna lead us in a simple confessional prayer. We're just gonna pray this out loud. If you're ready for a change, if you're ready to turn to Jesus, pray this prayer with us. Say, dear Jesus, I know I've sinned. I'm so sorry. I ask you to forgive me. Come into my heart. I confess you as my Lord. I want to follow you. I want to serve you. So I turn to you by faith and receive your gift.